0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at Cast. Like on Facebook and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop two zero nine. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Uh, we're coming off last week's fun episode where we actually got to talk about some Kings basketball because some games some games had happened so we'd come on right after that uh, Orlando Magic debacle and had a good old time but it was fun to get back on the pod and actually review some games and give our thoughts Um, we're really looking forward to this week's episode because a lot more games have gone by uh, both of the Kings and the NBA so there's a lot to talk about. Kingsland Twitter's been awesome, so there's definitely been some chatter and banter on there. Um, If you're looking for any of our content, you can find us streaming anywhere you find podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're also now on YouTube, so you can check us out on there. No videos, though, just audio, so you don't have to look at our ugly-ass faces. Um, And then for everything up to date, check us out on Twitter, um, at KingsCast. Bringing in my co-host, Ryan, today was good, man. How you doing? I'm hanging in there. I am relieved it is Saturday. I got my nice cup of uh, McCafe coffee pod in my nice King's cup. Uh, you know, I had a good week. Can, can, let me share a little frustrating part about my week real quick. Is uh, So my bank randomly sent me a new uh, debit card. Okay, And it's really frustrating because you never really know what you have your debit card linked to. Like I forget sometimes, right? So like I've been, I've had like six emails this week, literally come back to me and be like, your payment failed, this payment failed. And it's like, mother, dude. So it was like really frustrating. And then you got to go remember all your passwords for all that shit, right? So I had to do forgot password for my Venmo. And I don't know why I don't just put the same passwords for everything. Um, I'm not too smart when it comes to that. But that was a frustrating part of my week. Other than that, it was a chill last week. Uh, I can't believe it's Saturday again. And we're ready to do this, man. I am pumped, even though the Kings have been sucking. Um, it's just been good to be able to watch basketball at night. So, yeah, I mean, you, were you pretty disappointed when all of your OnlyFans subscriptions were, you know, needed to be, have a new debit card linked to it or what? You had to go log on to all your OnlyFans subscriptions and just, you know, re-put them in? <laughs> hey, you, know, you know, what's funny is I, uh, I didn't really know what OnlyFans was until probably like three days ago. You guys, uh, there's the the dude on Facebook who watches all the videos. You know the Chet guy? I think they call themselves the Chedleys or whatever. Uh, They're the dudes who – the guy who makes, like, the videos, like the White Claw videos and, like, the – anyways, you would know him if you saw him. Anyways. Uh he did a video about OnlyFans. I had no idea what it really was. So uh that's funny you brought that up. But <laughs> no, sorry, I didn't have to it, it was more of my Brazzers accounts and you know that kind of <laughs> the Brazzers accounts. <laughs> See that's how you know that you it's these new Gen Zers that like are into the into the OnlyFans things. Back in my day, you know, you just you downloaded that shit on Pirate Bay or something and you know <laughs> you, in, you don't get STDs, but you give your computer the STDs for sure. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, moving, moving forward, moving forward, come yeah, on. Yeah, let's uh, let's jump into that. Let's jump into that Kings talk because uh, this week was a was a good week on Kingsland Twitter, and um, I'll, I'll tell you this, Ryan. Before we go into some of the content, um, I've been looking at some of the numbers, just the streaming numbers from the quarantine. I mentioned it about a month ago that we had for like four consecutive months of record downloads. Um, and some of the recent numbers, I mean, have been, I, I think we're getting a lot of new listeners and people checking us out. So uh, we really appreciate everybody for listening because, um, so, you know, like the episode numbers are just continue to climb a little bit. Um, if you're someone listening to the Kings cast for the first time or checking us out and wondering who the fuck we are, um, we're, we're a bunch of nobodies. We're just a bunch of guys who are are Kings fans, really big Kings fans. We're active on Kings Twitter. Um, we don't get paid or do anything to do this podcast. It's just something we do because we enjoy it. We have fun. We like to come on here. Uh, we don't try to be more than what we are. So uh, we appreciate you coming on for the ride and checking out our episode. Um, but Kingsland Twitter is really where I like to stay and see the opinions. There's been some some of the, some of good follows this week, Ryan. Um, I, I give a sh- I'll give give a shout-out to, to Tim Maxwell, the Sacktown Baby Giraffe, dropping great stats. So if you guys – Uh, are looking for some Kings content on there. Um, He's solid. Um, There was a little bit of Twitter beef that went back and forth with like um, the KCK guys, Ryan and Leo Bias. I call him Leo Bias, but from, from Cowbell (laughs) Kingdom. Uh, So uh, did you see some of that? I mean, Kingsland Twitter active. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, You're okay. So you're definitely the more uh, Twitter prominent person. Uh, You know, like I, I just, am now really starting getting into Twitter. I'm a little late. I don't know why I just really never got into it. Um, but you definitely send me like me, you know, me and you talk every single day on the phone and you send me everything. Like if I miss you, like, Oh, do you see this? You see this? So, uh, I'm trying to get there. Uh, but yeah, guys, bear with me. I will get better at Twitter. I promise. But Eric is definitely the Twitter killer. He is always up in, uh, Kings Kingsland. Twitter is, is what he calls it. So, uh, it is good times, man. There is some good guys that I've been following lately. Um, so you guys interact with this man, we'll shout you guys out. I know we had a guy, um, you know, make a suggestion of what we should talk on the pod today, dude. So that's cool. I think that's one of our first. So the one with with Leo Bias though is he went on after the game the other day, and um, he he essentially said like, uh, "What it, I didn't hear like Doug Christie or Gary Gerald call yeah. out." you know, call out uh, Luke Walton. And, um, I, I said some stuff back and forth and, and I'll preface saying, you know, respect to Leo buys. He, he made a video, even went on there and stood his ground. So you, Hey, I'm never going to fall anybody for standing their ground and speaking what they think, you know, he's trying to keep it real. I don't think he's right. I don't think a lot of people thought he was right, but I wanted to talk to you about it because I know you're not as active on there and, and have a little bit of a conversation about what has happened. Um, and, and it really kind of brings into a, a general topic. So we had a, f- a fan submission. Let me, let me make sure I give that guy the credit yeah, um, give because a shout out, man. Good it guy. seems to be honestly one of the biggest um, topics right now on the Twitter. All right. And it's um, it's the whole kind of like, Luke, what is it? The, the Luke Walton coaching situation. So, um, you know, Leo bias went on there and, you know, cowbell kingdom. It definitely seems like they, he does like, play breakdowns, you know, which I think they're more like narrations, but whatever he does like play breakdowns and tries to do more X's and O's stuff. You know, if you've been listening to Kane's Cast, you know, that ain't us. We don't do, not dude. we are not trying to be X's and O's guys. Um, he essentially said like, why aren't they, why not they calling out the coaching mid broadcast? And, and, and I said, you know, um, it's not really the job of the announcers to sit there and bash on the, on a coach and his decisions mid broadcast. Like that's not what their jobs to do you know but there's a lot of tension in kingsland about luke walton and he's getting i think which is rightfully so for sure for sure rightfully so the you know brunt of The blame for the Kings sucking ass the last you know since they've been playing this bubble. Um, Shout out to Mellow Apocalypse who hit us up on the Twitter. Um, He said, you know, can you all talk about the Luke L. Alton? So that's his nickname, Luke Walton. (laughs) I love a good nickname. Love a good nickname. He said um, he he's hit us up said just sub Spotify. Shout out to you, brother. Appreciate it. Um, Interact anytime. But I wanted to ask you, Ryan. uh, You know, Luke Walton give your thoughts. You know, you got, you got cowbell kingdom, KCK, you got the fans, you got mellow apocalypse hitting it up. Um, talk a little about Luke Walton. Drop some knowledge on people. If you got it. Okay. So let's go back like to this time last year, maybe even earlier. Uh, m- me and Eric, you know, before we even started doing the pod, it was, you know, we we always talk about King stuff and it was, uh, I had told Eric that I, you know, during last year that I was like, dude, Vladis gonna go get Luke Walton. Like he's gonna go get Luke Walton. I know you remember this because we've talked about it on the podcast before. Anybody was talking about it. You know, the stars were lining up, dude. And you know, just knowing the Kings, they were gonna go get Luke Walton. Uh, so you know, they they fire Jaeger, which me and Eric both said was a mistake at the time, uh, but we understood why. You know, so Vladi goes and gets Luke. You know, fast forward to to now. And, uh, it is obvious that Luke Walton is inexperienced and, and follow me for a second. Cause people thought that Luke Walton was such a great coach. Oh, he has this experience. He was with the Warriors. He had those years with the Lakers. Okay. Let me remind you guys, I've said this a couple weeks ago too, that Warriors team. Okay. I could roll out of bed. All right. With, uh, playing Edward 40 hands. I don't know if you guys know what that is. Show up to the arena with two 40s in my hand, get a nice little buzz, and I could coach that team to 73 wins. Okay, <laughs> no point so, of fingers available. <laughs> no, no, I can't do none of that, dude. All I have is two beers in my hand, and I got double fists, and I can coach that team. Okay, and then honestly, in in LA, it was a bust. He he did nothing. Okay, yeah, the team was young and all that. So Luke is relatively inexperienced when it comes to coaching, and that's starting to show. Um, I think one of his biggest flaws right now. Is asking players to do stuff that um, they're not comfortable doing, or you know, not really playing to their strengths. Take Buddy Hield, for example. We're we're big Buddy Hield fans on this podcast, dude. He he probably is my favorite player in the Kings, and it and it sucks watching what's going on right now. But he's asking guys like Buddy Hield to be a primary ball handler and uh, you know taking shots off the dribble and trying to create on his own, and that's not Buddy Hield. Buddy Heald is one of the best three-point spot-up shooters in the league, and that's what they need to be going towards. So um, it's, it seems that there's a, uh, um, you know, uh, a philosophy with Luke Walton to, to ask his players to do stuff that they're not good of. And I really believe that as a coach, you need to be able to adapt to your players, not have your players adapt to you. Uh, so that is one of the big things that I'm seeing with Luke. Also, the uh, lack of preparation – you know, the lineups that we're still rolling with that it's clearly not working and you're still rolling out there with the same lineup. Um, To me, that's a lack of preparation. That's a lack of, um, you know, not having the self-awareness of your team and of yourself to switch things up. Uh, You know, I, 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 I shouldn't say lack of preparation. I shouldn't talk like that because I don't know what Luke's doing in the bubble for all. I know Luke could be watching hella film. Um, I know he talks about it and stuff. So yeah, go ahead, Eric. The, um, you, you said a couple of different things there. And I think that, you know, kinks cast, we try to pride ourselves on staying in our lane, right? Like we are not coach coaches and, and, and I'm going to, I'm not going to be one of those dudes. That's going to go start a podcast and act like I know better than a coach, but, um, you can call out a couple of different things just from basically watching the game. And I think the lineup rotations is one that is a fair criticism of, of them. The lineup rotations are weird. The minutes are weird it's very clear that there's something going on with Buddy Heald that he doesn't, I mean, he put like 10 minutes the other day, you know, I know they, the game that they won, he played 10 minutes. He didn't even play as much. Corey Joseph seems to be playing more minutes than him right now. I think Corey Joseph played 42 minutes that game, if I remember correctly. And then, and then when, and then when Buddy Heald does get in the game, like, like you said, it is, it's weird. It's, it's, he's handling the ball. He's having to create shots. He, he's an off ball player. Like that's what he is. And so I don't understand that there's some, there is clearly a weird uh, f- organizational view towards buddy healed going back to the Sam Amick article way back that talked about it and brought light to that. Never. We never heard a follow-up. I would love to hear a follow-up after the bubble, but unfortunately Kings just aren't as much of a hot topic nationally for Sam Amick to dedicate like big articles on athletic to that. Um but it's something to keep the eye out, and then it goes back to right before uh, a couple games before the, the quarantine ended. If you remember, the Kings were chasing, and I, I want to say it came down to like a final shot, and Buddy Hill was on the bench, and people yes. and, and that fan heckle, got heckle from the fans. Yeah, yeah, he said, you know, you got the best fucking three point shooter in the league, and he's sitting on the bench. It's just there's clearly some some organizational view towards Buddy Heald that you know we have our thoughts on. We think that once the trade deadline uh, passed and, and bogey didn't get traded that we, um, I immediately came on the next day and said, well, that's it. Buddy's getting traded at this point. Mm-hmm. It's all there. The money, the roles, et cetera, it all lines up. Um, and, I, and the only one, a thing I will criticize and I'm going to blame Luke Walton because he's the coach is that I don't get it. You know, buddy Hill is fresh, can be frustrating. I'm sure coaching him probably is frustrating. The guy does do too much sometimes. He does, doesn't play within a, a flow sometimes. Where that's I'll give it to Bogdanovich, and it seems like he does play the role that he's played for. But Bogdanovich is afforded, um, I would say, he's afforded the, the leash, the opportunity. He went like over 14 the other day in regulation, and he came back and got, you know, but he'll, he's not afforded that. And that's the only thing I think Kings fans want to see is when you have a talented guy who we traded DeMarcus Cousins for. He's really oh, the only piece left from that out of it they got out of it he's talented he's a 20 point game guy he he's worth something and and the fact that he gets extended prior to the year and they didn't spend they didn't do anything this year to um essentially create a role for him to for success and now it's showing in the bubble and they're losing Kings fans are frustrated so um you know I would say when when it comes to Luke Walton that's where that's at, but time will tell, guys. At the end of the day, like I, no one's getting fired. It's too short of a turnaround from the end of this season to the next. The front office is staying. They're gonna. This is what this is what's here. So if anything, is just formulate these questions coming out of the bubble and then evaluate them and look at them as we go into next season. But they're all extremely fair um, when it comes to calling coaches out in mid broadcast. I disagree, but if you want to talk about it and bring up valid concerns, like like we are, like people are on Twitter, even like on after the fact. You know I'm okay with that. Um, I wanted to ask you another thing, Ryan. That I've really noticed from the bubble, it's something we've talked about all season. Is, you know, we, it, it's something we've noticed. If you are, and we've said it a bunch of times, if you are a guy who comes in here and plays with with a lot of hustle, physicality, effort, etc., Kings fans are going to love you. They're they're going to love you. They're going to root for you. They're going to chant MVPs, which is Rashawn Holmes. If you remember back in December, they were chanting MVP for Rashawn Holmes, which I couldn't believe. You know, if that just shows how pathetic the Kings franchise is, you know, I don't know what it is. But um, Rashawn Holmes, I think he's a cool player. He's, he's, he's a balanced player. He, he he scores. He's not pathetic on the offensive side. He, he can hit the mid-range. Honestly, the floaters, he, he does that. He seems to play good defense. But, like, he's somewhat pedestrian. He's been somewhat pedestrian in the second half of the season since he came back from the injury and then now in the bubble. And um, I think it's fair to call this out because I look at it and it's like Alex Lynn yesterday in four minutes had five rebounds. I put out a tweet. Alex Lynn had Willie Cauley-Stein's, uh, you know, career averages in, four, in rebounds in four fucking minutes, right? So it's, it, Alex Lynn is huge. He plays defense. Offensively, he doesn't have the touch around the rim. But when it comes to the defensive side, is Alex Lynn much of a drop-off from Holmes or is he better? I don't know. But is Holmes average? Am I reaching? What's your thoughts? No. So we talked about this again. Here's another topic. Uh, you know, Kings fans, they love the guy who plays hard. You know, it, we're kind of going through that with Jaquan Jeffries. I'm sure we're going to hit that too. Um, but when it comes down to it, Rashawn Holmes is going to be known in his career as a journeyman, as a, you know, kind of career backup. All right. Uh You know, he did come out to a nice little start in the beginning of the year, but Rashawn Holmes is what Rashawn Holmes is right now. This is what he is. He's a good rotational player. He has some good qualities. He's tough. He's thick. He's pretty athletic, but he doesn't do anything elite. And, uh, you know, like you're talking about the Alex Lynn thing, I think having Alex Lynn's toughness and his size inside the middle could help uh, defensively with the Kings. But, yeah, Rashawn Holmes, he's just, you know, he is what he is. What we're getting from I, I like him on the team. There's a place for Rashawn Holmes on a roster, but if Rashawn Holmes has to play 30 minutes on your on your team every single night, that's not a good look, man. Dude, Rashawn Holmes yesterday. I didn't even realize this. You know, I didn't. I I I, I didn't remember the box score. 11 minutes, 1.5 rebounds. He his his one point was from the from the free throw line, one for two. That was it. You know, hey, he played 11 out, minutes. Out. Al- Alex Lynn came in and had 11 boards in 16 minutes. And, and so yeah. it's it's not necessarily a bashing Holmes thing. And I think it's no, something that, no, not at that all. We, we, like I said, we want to be real. We're going to be super real. I'm not going to like, I'm not putting down on Holmes. But when he came in and played really hard, he got elevated to this status early on. And Matt George, I remember we talked about, put out a tweet and was like, It was something along the lines, I don't want to misquote the guy, but it was along the lines of like a guy saying Rashawn Holmes is a guy to build around, a guy who's here, someone who's untradeable, things like that. I got you right. Yeah, it was, it was the untradeable. It was the member, it was untradeable in the Kings right now. It was Darren Fox and it was Rashawn Holmes. Everybody else can go. People were saying that. That was a real topic. It's weird. I don't understand about Kings fans. Like just because a guy, um, plays really well it doesn't mean that like you got to build your whole team around him and and Rashawn Holmes to this point has been a journeyman bench rotational player and he had some sparks because dude if you're super athletic and talented uh, and you get minutes and get opportunity stats will come and I think he is decent. I think he is better. I think the Kings landed a steal, but not a steal to where it's like he's a 30-minute all-star, like you've said. yeah. And so I just wanted to address that point because as we go into the offseason, it's something I'm probably going to do a little more research on the stats, and I'm going to hammer... I want to hammer a little bit, but I wanted to plant that in people's minds for the last couple of games. And and I want to challenge people to say, if you were one of those that was like, Rashawn Holmes is our guy. He's our center. We're taking care of moving forward. I would challenge you to really look at the next couple of games objectively compared to all the other big men and just decide. Um, I wanted to bring up something real quick, Ryan, Uh, as we were logging on, Whitey Gleason. So Whitey Gleason, if you don't follow Whitey Gleason, you got to follow Whitey. Whitey, the phantom. Um, and Kevin the Rat back in the day did the Rise guys, which if you've listened to Kane's cast, you know that we are throwback HDK guys. When we were kids, we would set our alarms early before school, wake up, listen to the Rise guys. Um, the lineup was heat back in the day for KHDK. So Whitey Gleason used to be the host there. I'm not sure what Whitey's doing now, but um, he put out a really, really good tweet because they uh, post-game comments yesterday was talking about, you know, communication on defense and blah, blah, blah is why they're sucking. So he says this, what bad basketball teams say and what it really means. And so he says, if they say uh, we need better communication on defense, it equals we have too many players who couldn't guard their own shadows. Right? And then he puts another one. He says, um, if a bad basketball team says we need more energy and effort, it says, uh, what they're really saying is everybody else is way more athletic and can't keep up. And I wanted to put this out there to you, Ryan, because it's something – this is exactly what we have said since the first game. The first game against the Phoenix Suns where they got their fucking ass kicked. We came on and we said, dude, this Kings team is not athletic. They were rolling out there with a bunch of loppy guys. Um, now, the team's changed a little bit. They got more athletic with Moore, They got more athletic with Holmes. I get that. But still, on the wings – the guards besides the info, you know, there's, they're lacking. So talk about that tweet. Yeah. So uh, I'm happy he did that. And it, it literally, as we're logging in, Whitey came out and said that Eric got all pumped. That's Eric's guy. Uh, Again, dude, we used to listen to them when we were kids. I was probably like a fifth grader dude waking up every morning to, to the rise guys and stuff, dude, we had the seat, their old soundtrack and all that dude. So um, shout out Whitey. But yeah, the, I just lost my sharing of thought. I was just talking about oh athletic. There we go. There we go. There we go. Sorry. I got all, I got all hype for a minute. So the athleticism, it is something that we've been preaching all season long. And it's, you know, the, and like Eric said, they have gotten more athletic, but it's evident, you know, it, it's, it's really evident that the Kings are lacking at the wing position, especially um, the athleticism. And also when you take Darren Fox out, they get real unathletic. There was a lineup the other night. Okay. And it was Corey Joseph. It was buddy healed. It was Baysmore, uh, Lisa and Harry Giles on the court together. That's hell on athletic, dude. I that is about as unathletic as it can get. Baysmore can move a little bit, but when you have Lisa, you got Corey Joseph, and even Buddy Buddy. Like we said, Buddy Style. He's a spot up, come off screens. You know, maybe one two dribbles. You don't want him really creating. That's a very unathletic uh, uh, lineup out there. So. It, it, it hits the spot, man. It, it's something that we've been preaching for months now. I'm glad that it's starting to get some attention on, on Kang's Twitter. But, uh, yeah, dude, that's what, – what what do you got to do, man? You got to get more athletic as a team. What's up? So, the, the – um, a couple uh, – uh, when we talk about uh, – if people say, well, what do you mean athletic? What do you mean athletic? Okay. A couple of notes just in the last couple of games. We'll talk about the Spurs game, okay? Um, they – DeMar DeRozan was just in a different, um, you know, he was just—he he looked like he was playing a little—he yeah, like was playing class. a little kid going against Bogdanovich, um, but but he, he, Karis LeVert looked like Kobe, legit, like I I saw him hit the turn away, fade away yesterday. Him like, like Karis LeVert gets buckets too though. I'm man. Like Karis LeVert, dude, look, I, like I got I got a I got a good one for you. The Kings always struggle every time you watch the Spurs game. They struggle with Derek White. They struggle with Derek Wright, the point guard from San Antonio. And Derek White's a good player, but his quickness and his athleticism and his you know his, his ability to you know to create and stuff it hurts Sacramento, especially when Darren Fox isn't out there. So it's guys like that that you just need. You know, um, I remember early on the season you brought this up, Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre is a very good player. But Kelly Oubre is uber athletic. And, and Tim Hardaway, dude, t- Tim Hardaway dropped twenty two on them. Yeah. Tim Hardaway's another As the athletic. third Aaron, score. Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon is a very athletic player. You know, he's still lacking Super. Uh, you know, the, the polished part of his game, but Aaron Gordon's starting to get there. But he was blowing by guys. There was no closeouts. There was none. He was just bullying guys inside, and using his athleticism to get, you know, and create. So we, we need more guys like that. Like you said, we did get better this year when bringing in Baysmore. And we, you know, we have, um, you know, Rashawn Holmes, who's a very athletic guy. But the Kings are missing that. They are missing that athletic piece, man. And um, that's something that they've been missing for a very long time. And that's and, and we the guys we mentioned there, Tim Hardaway, Derek White, Aaron Gordon, Karis Oubre. Overt, Ubre. Okay, you talk about guys like that, and those are recent games or, or notable games throughout the season, right? Uh-huh. Those are just a couple. I named, we named five players right there. And I would say none of those guys are. 20 All-stars. something point a game no. guys all star guys they're not even the primary scorers on their team like like nope. like I said Tim Hardaway is the third scorer on his team and he's 80. dropping 22 and if you go look back because I paid attention because early in the season I said I'd rather have Tim Hardaway than McDonoughich, and people fucking thought I was nuts but I went back and paid attention to every time the Kings played the Mavericks in Tim Hardaway's production it's always it's always like that it's just something to look at it, it, and it and it goes down to like Twitey's tweet it says in in the nba it 's not like the NFL ryan like i 've always thought about this. the NFL, there is an offense and a defense right in the mm-hmm. nba it 's it's, it's all one it 's fluid the, the, the one affects the other, so like efficient scoring on one, one end prevents you getting ran on the back end and and vice versa the, the more you can force turnovers, the more you, more you can run down the court and score. To be able to do both of those things, you need to have rangy, lanky players who um, who can do that, you know. And someone had tweeted back to me, I don't know if it's directly to me, something on the Kings-Cas line. And someone did say that. it's like, one of the failures of the Kings, I'm going to find it so I can give them some 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 shout. But it was like one of the failures of the Kings is that they've never, you know, over the years, they've really failed to draft like three and D lanky players, you know, it says what? not once did we draft lengthy defensive players, wings, three uh, D guys or playmakers. He's like, that's what the NBA is all about. You can never have too many of those guys look at the Raptors. And, and I'm going to shout out to, I can't even say this one, Ross, D R E I Z Rees, Ross D Reese. Um, he, he, that's what he said. And it's just accurate. So just to close out that topic, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot there and it's some of these things when we come on here, guys, it's just, we point out our opinions, what we're seeing, and what we don't think is necessarily the primary conversation. That's why we do KingsCast. Is like let's talk about what's going on. And so, if you're hearing us, you know, watch the games with some of these in the back of your mind, and let us know if you how you think, um, you know, if if we're in line, if if we're accurate on this. Um, Ryan, I want to jump into what I wanted to make more of a, like our bulk conversation today, but like through our conversations, we've kind of talked about a lot of this. Um, and before before the bubble. We had done, you know, like top five things to look forward to. So we'll blow through this. So we're not taking um, all day for sure. But uh, let's address some of these and see how they're going. So, um, you know, we'll start off. eh, I'm going to save this one for last maybe. Let's see. So we talked about the usage of Buddy healed and Bogdanovich. So we have talked to – that was something that's been on our minds pretty much all season. That was one of the things we're looking forward to, how they're going to use Buddy and bogey i feel like we could probably address that we could probably we addressed that already yeah 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 we did Sorry about we that did. <laughs> the return of marvin bagley funny enough was on <laughs> here <laughs> that was short-lived and this is let's, um, r- let's remind people real quick this was shoot i think we did this like four or five days before the restart right before they played San july Antonio? 13th is when we reposed. okay yeah. so like like a week like a week ahead two weeks ahead mm-hmm. Oh, it was a little earlier than that. Okay, yeah, just just to point that out. This was before the the bubble restart. All right, go. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Kent Bazemore. Let's talk about this one. Kent Bazemore and his effect on on his future. Um, we like Kent Bazemore. I've I've went on and said if I had to choose this off season between Kent Bazemore and Bogdanovich, I'm keeping Kent Bazemore. And and it's not necessarily that I think that one so is better than the other, but it's it, a lot of this stuff, guys, comes down to money and contracts. Um. I will say this before I pass it off to Ryan. If anything, giving bogey, we don't have to go into the bogey talk, but giving bogey a contract extension is a mistake. And you can look at Kent Bazemore as an, as a reason why Kent Bazemore, a couple of years ago was Bogdan Bogdanovich. Okay. He averaged 14 points a game for the Hawks. Right. And they gave him um, a contract extension, a fat one. He got 19, like 19 million a year. Okay, since then, his stat, his stats had declined to and regressed back to kind of what he was, became a bench player, and he's been moved a couple times. Um, But now we're sitting here, his contract's expiring, and his future on uh, the Kings is like, he's not a 19 million a guy. He's probably, probably like a 10. What do you think, Ryan? 8 to 12, somewhere in that range, maybe? I don't know. Kit Bazemore? Oh, I'm not yeah. giving him 12. I'm not giving him 12. 7? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's, pr- it's three really years, low. Three years, 7 mil, that would be just because of his age. Three years, 7 million, that's what I would go with. And whereas where's bogey is more of the I guess people are saying fifteen to twenty, I guess. I don't know. So I've rambled enough, but Kent Bazemore and in his play, you want do you have any thoughts on it? Anything outstanding? Yeah, around? let me yeah, so real quick, what Eric's saying when he compared it to Bogdanovich, he's comparing strictly stats and age. Okay. It's and not money. he's not and, and, and excuse me, and and money. He's not saying uh, skill level. Okay, because obviously Bogdanovich' skill level is a lot different from Baysmore. Baysmore is a defender. Bazemore is more of a slasher, and Bogdanovich is a you know he, he's a ball handler and a spot up shooter. He creates, you know, so he's not talking on that. So I, I saw Twitter kind of going after that one, but uh, when Eric Eric made a very good point, he was essentially um, uh, Bogdanovich, you know, right now. Ken Bazemore's 31. He just turns 31. This was, he got that, what, that contract three years ago? Like 17, 18. He averaged 13. Three, or, three or four. Yeah. So he was like 27, 28. Exactly Bogdanovich. That's exactly, that was a good comparison, man. So I just wanted to give you props on that and let everybody know. But yes, Bazemore, um, if, you know, I, I had brought that up when we had talked about the restart and stuff, because I wanted to, you know, like we just said, we like athletic guys, and, and Bazemore definitely fits that mold for this team. So moving forward, I think Bazemore has earned his spot. I think he's earned three years, seven mil. We'll see what happens. Cool. And, and and again, I think that's something I, – I like the take, man. It's like you have a 27-year-old guy in Bogdanovich looking for a contact, contract extension, and we think it's a mistake. But you have Kent Bazemore, who is up for an extension. It's much cheaper. And I think his impact on the team is – is uh, I I I don't know. I think it's really valuable too. I think what Bogdanovich brings is is just uh, strictly scoring, strictly scoring. Because it's it's the versatility. You can roll out with Ken Bazemore against any team in the league. You can. It doesn't matter who you're playing. You could play the Clippers and you could roll out there with Ken Bazemore at your two or your three because of the defense and the size and the little bit of rebounding. Bogdanovich can't go roll out there against against the Clippers. All right, Paul George is going to eat his ass up, dude. Kawhi's going to eat him up. He can't. He can't even can't touch him on the defensive end. So I think just the versatility and the options that Baysmore gives you with the lineup is what makes him so valuable. Um, the last one, Ryan, this one should be very easy. Um, it's the continued maturity and development of Nieran Fox. And so that was something we had said we were looking forward to seeing as we went into the bubble. Um, I think that once Aaron Fox came back from his injury in December – he went on a nice little streak. Now the Kings did, if you guys look back at the record, the Kings weren't winning, but on the low, he's, his store his scoring started really increasing. It was the and month of the, January. Yeah. The and by the January. all-star the month, break, yeah. that guy was the leading score for the team. And you can kind of see like, is Darren Fox turning to the, yes, the best young point guard in the NBA. Um, I, I'm thinking, I think so. I think he is because John Morant was getting a lot of hype because he, he can dunk, you know, and the, the, the race between him and, and Zion rookie of the year is getting more attention, but on the low, I think Aaron Fox is turning into that guy. Well, and so as we were going into the bubble um, I was really hoping that Aaron Fox can go out there and prove that. Um, So do you think he's done that? Do you, do you think he's getting the recognition? Well, he's obviously not getting the recognition. Okay. And me and you had, we had chatted about this the other day and Darren Fox, since they came back in the bubble, is averaging 26 points a game and, like, seven assists or something like that. I, I had it up earlier, so I'm not going to try to do 7.2 or 26.2. No, it was essentially 27-6 and, and, like, three. Or 26-7 and three. All right. As for best young point guard in the league, uh, we watch him every day, and I I believe that he is up there. I would, I would put him in that same class. Uh, people are going to think I'm crazy, but – I would put him in that same class with Trey Young. I would put him over John Morant right now. Uh, And I would put him in that class with like Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, Obviously, people are going to look at Trey Young's stats and and say, no, Trey Young's averaging 28.9 and nine assists or whatever the hell he's averaging. Yeah, well, he's also on the worst team in the league. Okay, he's also got the volume. He's also got the, uh, uh, you know, the green light to pull up from half court. So it's a different style of play. But when you talk about both ends of the court, true point guard and that's what Darren Fox is coming, man. That some of the stuff that he he has always shown flashes of being crazy athletic, uh, you know, making crazy plays. We had talked about it. We are looking forward to the maturity of Darren Fox and he is showing that right now. And I actually made a tweet about this uh the other night. And I, and it was something along the lines of yeah the Kings, you know, whatever, the Kings are losing, but at least we're getting to see Darren, a glimpse of what's going to happen for Darren Fox next year. And I think this, you know, people are going to look at this this bubble as a failure. I came into it thinking that, you know, they're probably not going to make the playoffs anyway. Let's see what they can do. And Darren Fox has benefited from this bubble, I think, just as much as anybody inside the NBA, not named TJ Warren, all right? TJ Warren has been on a freaking tear. So I just... You know, so but but other than that, Darren Fox has really put his name out there as one of the best young point guards. If, if you're talking recognition, Rick Carlisle after the game, you know, did say see, he said so that's the only thing I've seen was like they said he's probably the the number one transition threat in the NBA or oh, something dude. like that it's, yeah it, it's so, it's ridiculous but when you're running you, you don't see it much because when you're running with unathletic guys on the wing man uh <laughs> you, you know the transition's going to get slowed up a little bit but give him some athletes around him dude you're going to see some sparks there was a, on the broadcast the other day like Doug Christie was Doug Christie man I, I like I like listening to, all, to call the games being a former player and he doesn't always follow that broadcast etiquette man and, I'm, and I like him for it Cause he's, Jaron Fox is pushing, pushing, and, and you know I I, I want to believe that it was like but B- Lisa and, and Bogey heading down on the wings <laughs> with him. Because you hear Doug Christie's like, all right, push it, push it, push it, push it. He's saying stuff like that, right? And then and then Jaron Fox kind of pulls up and tails off. And then Doug Christie kind of pulls back and getting frustrated. Like, dude, you, you need to push it. And, and it's like what you said right there. Like, yeah, he would, he could push it. But it's like they're just going to collapse on him. And, well, you know. You know, usually you see that, right, from NBA players. If you get like a three-on-two or a three-on-one, you know an alley-oop's coming. Right? You know a dunk's coming. Well, all, honestly, Darren Fox is thinking, well, shit, man. If they just kind of wait in the paint, you're right, and he attacks me at the free throw line and kind of takes away, you know, try I got to make a late pass bogey's not really the he's not exploding. he ain't going up to the hoop and meeting the ball at the rim you know, it's so all that's, that's exactly. it's like all the the king's fast break situation is always like dan fox is taking it downhill and everybody just like disperses to, to, yes. to the three-point arc right and they all get out to the arc and then that, that's what happened in um against the orlando magic is like the orlando magic had come out and just sat in, in like a two, three zone inside the key and early in the game. And it was like, okay, Darren Fox, you want to drop all these points on the Spurs and tear them up. Like, we're not going to let you do that. We're going to try to get you force the ball out to the corners and make someone else take us off the dribble out to the corners. That, that's, exactly. that seems like the strategy against the Kings right now, because it's like, you only have a couple guys as far as athletes that you actually need to stop, you know, because the other guys are just spot up shooters. So, um, Hey guys, we appreciate you listening to Kingscast. It's always super fun to come back on here. We love the fan interaction. We appreciate the support. If you have a trash take of the week, feel free to tag us on it on Twitter and let us know. Um, If you want to get a shout out, if you want to get your opinion on the show, anything like that, happy to do so. Just hit us up at Kingscast. You can hit us up individually at Kingscast Eric, at Kingscast Ryan. Again, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and now YouTube. And for everything up to date, check us out on the main um so with that um for ryan this is eric go kangs, kangs. this episode was brought to you by ziggy smoke shop 209's headiest smoke shop Follow them on Instagram at ZiggySmokeShop209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.